Hello everybody out there and welcome to another episode of the Talk That Talk show with me, Barry Holmes. And we are here for our first episode here in 2024 and I'm excited to, you know, just be here and start this new journey. Um, start this new year here. Um, big shout out to TK who's tuned in on our Instagram live stream, but and also Tori who's tuned into our Facebook live stream. But you know, I haven't done a daytime episode in a long time, and you know, it just feels good to you know start the day and have and share some time with you all here on this Talk That Talk show. Um, I just think that you know, first and foremost, you know, I think one of the biggest things. And, and not to mention, you know, all of sports. And I think that it has to, you know, due to just the prestige of the franchise that we call the New York Knickerbockers. But, you know, we had some trade, obviously, that happened, um, in the, you know, a couple days ago. And I think that a lot of people um, had been talking to me and, you know, asking for my opinion. And it's been one of the most talked about things, you know, with all of sports that's going on right now. Um, we got a lot, you know, we got some great bowl games on today. Um, college basketball is about to get into that conference play. Um, the NFL season's winding down. And yet, the New York Knickerbockers are one of the most talked about things in sports right now. So, you know, before we get into that, you know, I definitely want to say Happy New Year to my, you know, my faithful out there. Um, you know, I think that one of the things that I touched on in last episode was just the general appreciation that I have for, you know, you guys and just the amount of loyalty that you showed to me, even on a, you know, a Monday morning here at 11 o'clock. But um, again, I think that the biggest thing that makes us and defines us is the fact that we provide that consistency, man. And, you know, when you're consistent with things and, you know, you put forth the effort and you keep grinding out, you know, good things will happen. And, you know, one of the things that I'm super excited about coming into this new year is the fact that, you know, we got a lot of bowling achievements and accomplishments that we're trying to knock down. Um, I know TK had talked about trying to shoot his 300. You know, I'm trying to still searching for that first 700 at Majestic. Um, you know, we're in a top position in bowling as well, too. So I think that, you know, one of the big things, and I, and I listened to, um, you know, my, my one boy, Jump Out. Big shout out to Jump Out. But um, he was actually on an episode here uh, and uh, on the Talk That Talk show previously. But, you know, he shared something that I thought that was very important for people to realize and understand going into this new year. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, people say Happy New Year's, Happy New Year's. And one of the things that Jump Out said specifically is that he wants people to start saying Happy New Year. Like my boy TK put in here, he said Happy New Year, fam. Because a lot of times, you know, we're looking forward so far in the in the future that a lot of times we don't appreciate what's in front of us right here, right in the present. And, you know, I think that appreciation by just by saying Happy New Year instead of Happy New Year's, I think that's a big outlook and a, a good perspective. So, you know, I'm definitely trying to appreciate everything within this year, um, trying to accomplish as much as I can um, and just flourish, man. I think that, you know, a lot of times we try to, and, and this is another thing Jump Out has said, is that we try to think that with this new year, um, you know, things are just going to happen instantaneously overnight. And I think that, you know, change 
is something that takes a little bit of time and it takes a little bit of adjustment. And I think it's perfect that we talk about this heading into what we're just talking about here with the Knicks. And, you know, again, this trade where you trade R.J. Barrett and you trade Emmanuel quickly uh, for a guy in OG Ananobi, Princess uh, Precious Achua, who I, uh, my boy Keddy Miller, big shout out to Keddy Miller, uh, personally trained him uh, going into the draft uh, before he was drafted to the Raptors. So um, I think, um, you know, as I unpackage what happened with this trade, one of the biggest things that I've been hearing um, across all spectrums as far as Knicks fans, surface Knicks fans, you know, diehard Knicks fans, um, outside Knicks fans, but one of the things that people have been saying is good riddance RJ. I'm so glad RJ Barrett is gone. That's been the common consensus that I've seen across, you know, the audiences. And I'll say this, you know, RJ Barrett was somebody that was one of my favorite Nick players. Um, and I was actually in Barclays when they drafted RJ Barrett, um, What's his name? Zion Williamson went first that year. And I watched a Zion Williamson take about four or five years to get to a point where he's somewhat productive, right? And what I've seen from R.J. Barrett since we drafted him was a guy that continued to get better and at the same time played hard, did not shy away from the MSG spotlight. And I think that a lot of times we often overlook the fact of a skill, a skill that it takes to play in Madison Square Garden. And in my time, you know, covering the New York Knicks, I've watched countless players get traded to the Knicks and not do as well as they should have. But as soon as they leave the franchise, they play a lot better on another team. And you're like, why didn't they do that on the Knicks? Well, the thing is, guys, playing in Madison Square Garden is not an easy thing to do. And what I can honestly say is, is that R.J. Barrett was a guy who played extremely hard and did not shy away from playing in that MSG spotlight. And I think that a lot of times what we've seen from people was just the fact that they generally did not like R.J. Barrett's game. The one thing that I've heard from people is I don't like R.J. Barrett. You know, I don't like his game. He's doing this and doing that. But when you look at the stats and you look at the numbers and you just take away the name R.J. Barrett and you see a, a starter who started over 70 games, multiple seasons in a row for the franchise, you know, got better, you know, went from scoring 14 to 17 to 20 to 20 to 19 points per game. You know, you t you take the name R.J. Barrett off there, and I guarantee you there's about 31 other franchises out there that would love to have that type of caliber player as a consistent starter, especially in today's NBA where they sit guys out and you don't see guys play a full 82 games or you don't even see him play 70 games. Just ask Kawhi Leonard, right? So... In an era of the rest NBA, and to see a guy who plays as hard as R.J. Barrett does and does not shy away from the spotlight of playing in Madison Square Garden, it's just been extremely disheartening to see what other New York Knicks fans have said in terms of good riddance to R.J. Barrett. 
And I'll say this, as someone who has watched, you know, and, you know, worked in New York City media, you know, was in the locker room, I would just like to say thank you, R.J. Barrett, for what you did for our franchise. You know, I think that in a place where if we had a Zion Williamson in that draft, we would have been extremely, extremely disappointed in what we got return-wise. But if you look at the numbers, if you look at the effort, and part of what the consensus is, when you ask other NBA teams, the thing that they say about the New York Knicks is that they are a physical team. And to say that R.J. Barrett was not a part of creating that physical culture within the Knicks, you would be looking uh, just extremely biasly, man. So whether you like or dislike R.J. Barrett's game, whether you're glad he's gone or whether you're not glad he's gone, you have to respect what R.J. Barrett did for the New York Knicks. And what I'll say is he produced... And he did so in a way that was professional, and you didn't hear about RJ. And when you look at things from the business standpoint, it makes sense why they would trade a guy in RJ Barrett. I understand the guy is from Canada, you know, he, he, he may not have been the quote unquote most liked player in New York, but. Again, I say this to New York faithful. I say this to the Talk That Talk Show faithful. Sometimes the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And one of the other things that I've seen from people in the spotlights and in the media is I'll say this. A lot of people were saying that Emmanuel quickly was was one of the biggest pieces of that trade and we were sad to see him go. I am a thousand percent in agreement. Emmanuel Quickly is somebody that provided an immense and tremendous spark off the bench as the sixth man, and that's something that you just can't uh, put a price tag on, man. Um, the ability to create for himself, um, to you know, the efficient three-point shooting, something that the Knicks have lacked. You know, when you lose that coming off the bench, you know that's extremely detrimental to your team moving forward. And I think that aside from just being detrimental to losing a team chemistry guy, losing point production, losing a a culture guy, I think that the overall theme of losing Emmanuel quickly and something that I've heard from a lot of people, again, from the media, from fans, is that people are saying, well, we were going to have to pay Emmanuel quickly anyway. He's going to want the bag. He wants all this money. Well, did New York Nick Faithful or did media ever think that this guy was worth that money, right? A guy like that that we are mourning, that we are saying we wish he was still a part of the New York Knicks. How can you say in that same sense that we're sad that he goes, but then you have those same Nick Faithful that are saying that we were going to have to pay him anyway. So we had to get something for him. I'll say this. Losing Emmanuel quickly again brings up the overall arching theme of when guys come into their contract years when there's indecisiveness about if they are going to go forward, right? And if they are going to continue with a franchise or if they're going to move on to another We do not as, and I'm saying we because we're talking about the general manager here, 
And the general managers for a lot of franchises do not allow the player to go into free agency and to give us the qualifying option to match whatever other teams have. It seems like franchises have no faith anymore in trying to keep these guys or they're not willing to open the checkbooks. If you look at why the Dodgers, and I don't hate I hate to like switch sports here, but if you look at the Dodgers, you know, if you look at teams that are consistently in the playoffs or if they're consistently having success, you look at these franchises and they're not afraid to play their I mean, they're not afraid to pay the players that create that culture, that create that winning and establishing part of what that franchise is about. Too often in the NBA, are we willing to trade a guy off before we try and pay that amount of dollar to keep a guy? You know, whatever happens to the phrase, you know, it's cheaper to keep her, right? Well, in the NBA, it's not cheaper to keep somebody there with you. But too many times franchises are not willing to open that checkbook to keep a guy. I promise you, the New York Knicks, with all those draft picks they had, with all the capital that they've been building up, if they truly wanted to uh, keep Emmanuel quickly, they could have opened that checkbook for sure. But, you know, to trade a guy in Emmanuel quickly for, you know, in my opinion, peanuts, you know, in OG Ananobi and, you know, Precious Achua, I think that we overpaid for those those talented players because what Emmanuel quickly provided was something that you cannot underappreciate. And in my opinion, the New York Knicks underappreciated a sixth-man caliber type guy who will start on another franchise. He probably will start on the Toronto Raptors. But again, these franchises in this new age NBA... They're not willing to open the checkbook to keep their key guys. In contract years, it's easier to just trade this guy and get whatever you can for him rather than open the checkbook and keep a guy that is a part of your culture, that's a part of where you want to go moving forward. And unfortunately, Emmanuel Quickly in the front office is somebody that just doesn't kind of agree to what this overall New York Knicks franchise is going to look like moving forward. And I just think that that's very disheartening that we're not willing to open up that checkbook to keep guys. And think about it. You you talk about it in the NBA. We can look at it, uh, most importantly, in jobs. You know, when the pandemic hit, it was cheaper to just get rid of people and, and cut them loose, give them their severance, than to find a way to keep these people a part of, of certain, um, you know, companies. So, again... It goes across uh, the board. It's unfortunate, but that's what we have here with the New York Knicks when we're breaking down this fran uh, this trade that is going to change the shape. And one of the things that I did read that I do understand and think about moving forward with this trade is that they said this trade is something that was needed for how this team is constructed right now, right? So we're talking about planning for the future, and you're trading away your future to win now. Make it make sense to me, New York Knickerbockers. Make it make sense to me. Because what I'll say is this. 
OG Ananobi for what we are, you know, prophesizing this guy to be. I've been hearing this guy's been the next Ray Allen with this, with the amount of praise I've had for this guy's three-point shot. You would think he's the next Gary Payton, the way they're saying he's this defensive stopper. All I'm going to say is this. When I take that train to Madison Square Garden and we see OG Ananobi today starting out his first game in that New York Knicks blue and orange, we are truly going to see who OG Ananobi is. And I'll tell you another thing. We are already going towards the all-star break after this January, right? And after that, it's a straight uh, push towards the end of the season. And if you talk about James Harden, who got traded midseason to the Clippers, Think about how many games it truly took for him to get adjusted. There was about 10 games where we're like, I don't know if this is going to work. And then after that 20th game, then we're saying, now, yes, he's in the mode. You know, the team has understood that cohesion, you know, to get to gel and to have that success. But what I'll say to you is this. Do the New York Knickerbockers truly have 20 games to waste and to worry about trying to gel together? So all... All of the pressure is going to be on OG Ananobi. I promise you that. Because if the Knicks do not win, and you're talking about progressing forward. So, you know, they went to the semifinals last year. So you want them to at least go to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. And what we're saying is this. Does this trade make the New York Knickerbockers good enough to go to the Eastern Conference Finals? I don't know. You know, only time will tell. But what I will say is this. Again, the grass is not always greener on the other side. But for the sake of change, like my dad says, sometimes you need to shake things up a bit. And maybe that's just a selfish Knicks fan in me to try and keep these guys or want to keep these guys. But when it comes down to it, like my dad says, and like we've always said before, if you want different results, you have to move differently. So maybe we did hit our ceiling with R.J. Barrett. Maybe we did hit our ceiling with the combination of all these guards, you know, all these guards. So again, maybe, just maybe, this trade could work. Getting a guy in OG Ananobi who doesn't need the ball, who can stretch the floor, who takes good shots, who is efficient from the three-point line, who plays great defense. You know, we'll see. Maybe it does work getting a precious Achiwa who, you know, has had some time, experience in the NBA, has gotten better, and you get two guys who are a part of that culture of playing hard. Every time we've seen these guys play, they play extremely hard. And if you're talking about the Knicks being a physical team who's known for playing hard and making you feel them, maybe these two guys are a great addition. And I and I have to, you know, think maybe we can be receptive to the idea of maybe this could work. But only time will tell. I will be on the train to go to New York City in about less than an hour and a half. I'm going to see firsthand if this is going to work. I'm excited to see if OG Ananobi, you know, will have the extreme uh, entrance in the garden. I, I want to see him take on the, the, the challenge of playing against Anthony Edward, seeing if he's the great defender that we are marketing him to be. I'm excited. 
You know, I mean, change is exciting. You know, of course, when I first heard about the trade, I was sad because I love R.J. Barrett. Um, you know, I love Emmanuel quickly. You know, I was cursing. I was pissed off, you know. But again, sometimes you just got to shake things up a bit. And I think that, you know, when we break down the trade in individual packets, you know, everybody could be right. And, you know, everybody has their own opinion about certain things, you know. And, you know, I think that's what makes sports so great is the fact that we all can watch the same game, but we all can have multiple different takeaways about what we're watching perspective is a beautiful thing and i think that you know when you're receptive to other perspectives out there um you you can see the world a lot differently and you know i choose to um you know be a first-hand witness to the change that's in front of us and i'm just i'm just excited to go to the garden to be a knicks fan to be in a time where there's so many other great sports around and the New York Knickerbockers are one of the most talked about things in sports right now. So I'm sure my boy CJ is upset that RJ may be gone. I know that we love Emmanuel quickly, but I think that it's a great time to be a Knicks fan because, you know, with the the changes that have been made for once, just once, can we believe that the New York Knicks are trying their best to put out the best product, right? Are we finally, for once, not prioritizing selling tickets, selling the allure of Madison Square Garden, and are we fully, fi finally putting our chips up and going all into winning a championship? I do not want to leave this earth before I see the New York Knicks finally win something substantial i'm talking about an nba finals all right and does this trade make us nba final competitors i don't know but i think that's the beauty of sports is that you never know what can happen so on that note you know i love you all thank you guys so much for tuning into the talk that talk show Every single week, you know, I'm glad I was able to surprise you guys here with a Monday afternoon episode of the Talk That Talk Show. You know, continue to tune into us on Facebook Live, on Instagram Live, um, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, you name it. We're on all streaming platforms. You know, I gotta go. You know, get showered up. I gotta get changed. I gotta put on my my uh, my home white for the Knicks game tonight. Gotta catch that one one oh five train. I think it is to go to the city. Um, just super pumped. And then finally, I did say this that I was gonna do this for all my Cloud Nine fam out there. You know, since we are sponsored, uh, they sponsored our bowling team. Big shout out to Cloud9 Dispensary. So I will do this. Each week, you know, in 2024, I'm going to give you guys my biggest um, suggestion for the week of what you should go, you know, pick up if you go to Cloud9 Dispensary. Right now, we got these pre-rolls called Ray Charles. If you get the chance to make your way to Cloud9 Dispensary on Route 22 in North Plainfield and go pick up a pre-roll of that Ray Charles. That is my selection for the week. You know, that's something that's giving me a nice, even vibe that I want. And it has some really good taste. So again, go to Cloud9 Dispensary. That is going to be Barry's pick of the week. Go to Cloud9 Dispensary, get yourself some Ray Charles pre-rolls, 
and let me know what you think. All right. I love you guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is the Talk That Talk show every single week. You know what time it is. I love y'all, and I will see you all next week.